Welcome to the Cheryl Broderson Podcast, encouraging and equipping you through the study of God's Word. This is a podcast taken from the Joyful Life Bible Study at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa. In the Challenge series, Cheryl leads a conversation-style teaching with special guests Angie Emma and Jasmine Allnut. So Cheryl, would you mind reading the first passage? It's the first two verses. I've had this. Again, this is from the Christian Standard Bible, which has kind of like become my go-to Bible. Brian goes, when are you going to start teaching from the Christian Standard Bible? And I said, I don't know, because I... I know where all the scriptures are in the New King James mm-hmm. and my Bible. I'm just so used to it. But this is just my study Bible this year. A prayer of the prophet Habakkuk according to, oh, that's why you gave it to me. Ulterior <laughs> motive. Shiganoth. Lord, I have heard the report about you. Lord, I stand in awe of your deeds. Revive your work in these years. Make it known in these years. In your wrath, remember mercy. Mm-hmm. Love it. Good. Okay, so now we see the prophet is responding to yeah. this astonishing plan that God had. Yeah, like how, like how Warren Wiersbe breaks it down with the W's, right? Mm-hmm. Habakkuk wrestled with God in chapter one, waited on God in chapter two, and now he worships God in mm-hmm. chapter three. So I love that. And we were talking about that word, shiganoth. Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. Okay. So some commentators. That's how I say it. <laughs> I know, like, these are the little words that sometimes we would just pass over and, mm-hmm. like, not even look at. But because we're slowing it down to two verses today, it's kind of nice to be able to look at this word. And so some people say that it's a lament or it's a hymn, and what they think is it is a poem set to music. So there's a, um, basically, it's like a psalm that you would right. sing. It's got an irregular beat. And so, because we don't speak Hebrew, we don't understand. And, uh, you know, Western poetry has to do with the rhyme. Mm-hmm. You know, we like the, you know, the, the rhymes at the end right. of stanza, uh, you know, every other really sentence kind of yeah. thing, you know, or a haiku. And so we're used to this type of... Um, it's all about the sound mm-hmm. and the rhythm. Mm-hmm. Well, with the Hebrew, it can be about the rhythm, but it's more about the parallelism. Yeah, the so it takes like a thought and it develops it in the next. And so it will, um, some, and it's also about uh, metaphor. Mm-hmm. Like it's like this. And so it's not saying it is this, but Hebrew poetry loves metaphors mm-hmm. and it loves to paint pictures of what it's like, mm-hmm. not necessarily what it is, but what it's like. Like, for instance, David would say, I wet the bed with my tears. Well, he didn't, you know, drown in his sorrows. We would mm-hmm. say drown in our sorrows. That's, yeah, it uses idioms mm-hmm. and metaphors right. and pictures, paints pictures of likeness. Mm-hmm. And so when we're going into this, and it's a psalm with an irregular beat, we need to realize that there's going to be metaphors. There's going to mm-hmm. be parallelism. Um, there's also, what it will often do is do contrasts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, parallelism is similarity, you know. Um, but there will also be contrasts, or there will also be um, what do you call it? It's like cause and effect statements. Like you've mm-hmm. got in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, 
I shall not want. Mm -hmm. So you've got these different types. Of Hebrew poetry is just super interesting. Mm -hmm. It's all about the words, not really as much like you said about like it's all about the ideas meter too. matched up and mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, it's like, let's look at the concepts here. Concepts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then also Hebrew pro uh, poetry is meant to evoke feeling. It's more about mm -hmm. what it does and how it resonates and how it moves you right. um, to worship or how it, you know, touches your feelings. You know, it's interesting because sometimes you'll hear a song and you think that song is saying everything that you want to say. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like some of those Hallmark cards. It's like, oh gosh, dang it, said it better than I can. And um, it's that idea of it speaking for your heart. Mm -hmm. And so this is like the reaction and he's kind of being an intercessor mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. on speaking for his people, for the righteous mm -hmm. to Very the Lord. Good. Yeah. So, no, I'm just, just jumping into yeah. it then. I mean, as far as you're talking about being an intercessor, that was something that really, I'm totally jumping ahead, sorry. Go for that it. stood out to me here, though, with that, is the fact that he says, like, uh, just the place that Habakkuk has come to now, where, mm -hmm. you know, and I'll probably mention this again later, but his, his circumstances haven't changed. Things are still what they are, but his perspective is different now. And I love, uh, in, in three there, when it talks about just the, the different prayer requests he has, Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. And I just saw your as standing out there. That now he's in a place where he's just wanting, like you said, he's interceding and, and, and recognizing, I want your work to be done, kind of like Jesus in the garden, your will be done. Like I'm, I'm yeah. yielded, I'm yeah. yielded now. I, this, you know, maybe this is still gonna go down. Judgment is still coming, but... I, I want you to do it your way, Lord. Whatever, you know, mm -hmm. your will, your way, your time. I love that. And I saw the word revive. That was the word mm. that really struck out to me was just that they recognized the deadness of the place they were at. They had really walked away from the Lord. They were not living the way the Lord wanted them to. And it was going to take a supernatural work of God to revive their hearts. It was going to yes. take a catastrophe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's horrendous. interesting because yeah. I'm reading, a, I was reading um, 2 Kings chapter 19 this morning. And that's the story of when Israel, is, sorry, Judah is besieged by Assyria and all the other little towns of Judah or big cities of Judah, their walls are broken down. The Assyrians have taken them out. And now it's just this just Jerusalem. That's all that's left of, of Judah. And yet the Lord speaks and says, you know, trust in me. But I was thinking it took that catastrophe right. to, to yeah. turn Jerusalem back to the Lord. And Again, I think we talked about this last week. Sometimes it takes a catastrophe. And that's what I was writing my devotions, mm -hmm. to revive. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to see the deadness or feel your own um, deadness. Like, I'm about to die here. Yes. But I wanted to go back to how uh, 1A, uh -huh. just because a burden has become a song. Yeah. A burden has become a prayer. And it goes yep. back to that changed perspective, or at least that changed attitude. And as you said, the circumstances haven't changed. Mm -hmm. God has not relented from judgment. He's still going to do it. Yep. Judgment is still going to come, and it's going to be just as terrible. The mm -hmm. enemy is just as bad as you thought. But now he's, he's it's not a burden anymore. It's mm -hmm. like, I don't have to yeah. carry this. Yeah. The Lord's going to carry this. Years ago, um, something terrible horrible happened and I remember a person called me and they were kind of like screaming at me at the phone over this and they blamed me because I knew the person who had you know it's so sad when somebody you know does something terrible mm -hmm. and they fall and that's what this person did and as they were talking to me the Lord gave me this vision 
and I had a little backpack and I was trying to stick half dome into my backpack and like, you know, get half dome into this little tiny backpack. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you can't carry this. It's way too big for you. Only I can carry this. And so I just said to the person, I just had a vision. And they're like, what? Because <laughs> they're like, wah, wah, wah. I'm like, I just had a vision. And they're like, what? I'm not through yelling at you. And when I said the vision to them, they started crying. And they're like, that's what I'm trying to do, right? I'm trying to hold the half dumb. I'm like, you can't. Yeah. You can't. And how many things like this? This is a terrible yeah. word. Yeah. yeah. That we're trying to hold and, and carry. Like, you know, so many are trying to carry the United States and all the awful things. I just yeah, heard of more all the problems. bad news. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like everywhere you turn, it's bad news, mm-hmm. bad news. You know, six-year-old killed on the freeway, mm-hmm. road rage, every place. Mm-hmm. Um, these Teamsters killed up in um, San Jose. It's like every place, bad mm-hmm. news, bad news in Washington, D.C., road rage. Bad news, bad news, bad news. Um, and, you know... It's just bad news every place. But we've got the good news. If ever there was a time to shout the good news, Mm -hmm. this is it. Mm -hmm. This is the time people need the good news. And he's saying, like, revive this work Mm -hmm. in the midst of our years. So it's like he wants it to happen now, but he also wants it to happen to the future generations. Like, he's got this foresight for God's people for future generations. And I think that's so good. Right. Why I'm still alive, God, let let them see you work. Yes. Let them see and get it that... You know, I think right now the need of the hour is faith. Mm -hmm. And I think this shows us how faith has to start with the whole picture. Like, this is really bad. bad. But then see God enter it. And once you see God enter it, it's like when Hezekiah, he's at the temple, he's spreading out all the threats of Sennacherib before the Lord saying, you know, they're right. Lord, they have conquered all these other gods because they were just idols. Lord, they're terrible. They put hooks in people's noses right. and they drag their captives away. Lord, unless you come through, we're totally mm-hmm. dead. And then it says that Isaiah said, the Lord says, and I was like, I love it when the Lord speaks. I love it when the Lord enters into our situation mm-hmm. and he has a word for us. Mm-hmm. And this is what happened with Habakkuk. He's like, Lord, this is a terrible situation. Yeah. And the Lord enters and speaks. Yeah, well, and gives and, it, go ahead. sorry. Oh, and, and gives it back to, and he gives it back to the Lord, like you said about the backpack and not taking it on and just recognizing, Lord, you need to do this. And I was even just thinking about how, I, I was reading in a devotional this week about how uh, God's end in all his dealings is to bring us into the closest possible relationship to himself. So as far as Habakkuk's concerned, the whole point of all mm-hmm. this is, to get closer to God's heart, to get closer to the Lord and press into him. Yeah. Like you said, and that happens through faith. You know what I mean? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So, yeah. you know, he, that's part of all of this too, is like drawing near to the Lord in the process. That's really his goal here. Mm-hmm. That was Habakkuk. my takeaway too, yeah. was just that his time in the tower changed him from, you know, his name of the wrestler. It changed him from being a wrestler to being one who embraces God and is like surrendered yeah. to the sovereignty yep. of God and his plan. Yes. I just have two things. Um, I love the word mercy, uh, mm-hmm. again, cassette. Yeah. Um, and again, it, remember mercy. mercy is not just not getting what we deserve. The mm-hmm. mercy, when you see this word in the Old Testament, it's the word cassette. And it's sometimes um, interpreted or translated as covenant love, okay. covenant faithfulness, mm-hmm. um, or eternal love. And so whenever you see mercy, what he's saying is, Lord, don't forget our covenant 
that we have. And you see this word again in the praise of uh, Zechariah and in Mary. And they said, you have remembered your mercy that you promised to Israel, your covenant love, this relationship that we have where you have promised to forgive. You have promised to be gentle even in judgment. You have promised to save us through this, not from us, not from it, not keep it from us, you know, not an exemption, but save. And then I've got one more point, but no, I was just going to, just on that, Martin Lloyd-Jones said that. He said, Habakkuk's just asking God to be who he is. Yes. Like, be mm-hmm. yourself, God, because this is who you are, mm-hmm. like, in wrath, remember mercy. And it's okay to, like, okay, here's everything that God is saying. It's okay to pray these things back to God. God, I know you're a God yes. of mercy. Yeah. I know that yeah. you are going to judge, and you're a just judge, but please have mercy in the midst of your judgment. Yes. So I took Habakkuk 3, 1, and 2. Like, the thing that the Lord showed me was a little different. It... It was that God's way of judgment is often glutting us with everything that we're asking for. Mm, like when he gave the, yes. um, the quail to yes. the children of Israel. Oh, yeah. 106, yeah. 14, 15, that he gave them what they wanted, yeah. but sent leanness into their souls. Mm-hmm. And we were talking that in Ezekiel, it was talking about how the Israelite, uh, Judah was trying to be just like the um, Babylonians. Mm-hmm. They were trying to be just like the Babylonians. And then they got there. And so the Lord's like, you want to be like them? I'm going to stick you in the midst of them. I'm going to give you everything you want. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put you in their land. I'm going to surround you with Babylonians. And then you tell me if you still like it. (laughs) If you still want it. And sometimes, like I, you know, even with our children, when we're praying for our prodigals, sometimes the way of the Lord is to glut them until they Mm -hmm. don't want it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're like, what? You know, this is everything I prayed against. And God's like, but they need to have the quail coming out their noses. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to just realize it's nothing yeah. that they, they wanted. And I just say, God, have mercy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the only way to make a permanent change sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know what I mean? Where God can really, like, wow, I really don't want to go down this road ever again. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. And the gods change. of um, the Babylonians are interesting because they were actually the personification of their ideals and their aspirations. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It's, it's different than the gods of the Assyrians or other ones. Mm-hmm. These had to do with like worshiping education. These had to do with worshiping sexual freedom. These had to do with um, you know, it, uh, wealth and mm-hmm. money or agricultural concepts, success. Ideals. So they were concepts and ideals or aspirations. Um, and so your God was actually what you wanted from life in Babylon. And Judah's ideals, their aspirations became the same as the Babylonians. Mm. You know, I want a house, picket fence, two, car, two cars in my yep. garage. It became the same ideals as the Babylonians. Mm. And so God gave them, here's your aspirations. And wow. think about it, even in Babylon, he says, plant, live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Live among these people, you know? Interesting. Are you guys ready to move on to the next mm-hmm. day? Okay, verses three through seven. Jasmine, would you please read it? Yes. <clears throat> God came from Taman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. His brightness was like the light. He had rays flashing from his hand and there his power was hidden. Before him went pestilence, fever followed at his feet. 
He stood and measured the earth. He looked and startled the nations. And the everlasting mountains were scattered. The perpetual hills bowed. His ways are everlasting. I saw the tents of Cushion in affliction. The curtains of the land of Midian trembled. Okay, so here we're seeing this prayer, you know, of Habakkuk. He had prayed for revival, but now he's worshiping God for who he is. So what is he communicating about God in these verses that stands out to you? Um, Coming from Timon, most people Mm -hmm. believe that was um, Mount Sinai or the area of that. So what he's doing is he's coming Mm -hmm. with the law. Mm -hmm. He's coming with everything of the covenant that he said, you do this and I'll bless you, but you don't do this. Remember how he had said to them, if you follow this, you won't have the pestilence and the plagues that afflicted Mm -hmm. Egypt. But if you turn to other gods, Mm -hmm. everything that you escaped, all these things that didn't happen, you're vulnerable to. Mm -hmm. And so God is coming with the law. He has every right to judge. And he's coming. And so what you've got to picture is he's coming in judgment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jasmine? Well, I just, looking at some of these characteristics as well, I mean, you know, just, again, just, it's, it's, a changed perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Now he's seeing everything through the eyes of an almighty and all-powerful God. But a couple of just things that I liked, I liked um, the aspect of his brightness like the light. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember years ago, I was, I was teaching for like a, a Christmas event and, I, and the Lord kind of just showed me this whole thing. I was like, wow, this is so cool because in 1 Timothy 6, it says that God dwells in unapproachable light. Yeah. But then we think of Jesus coming, the incarnation, uh, as the light of the world and as an approachable. You know what I mean? He takes that unapproachable light and makes it approachable. And so I was just thinking just more, just generally how like, that. cool that is. Transfiguration. That yeah, that brightness begin to shine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I don't know. I mean, that's not, you know what I mean? I don't know. That's just I my takeaway. That. I thought that well, was kind of cool. <laughs> you know, the sun is, what, 93 million miles away, and we can't even look at it without it burning our eyes. Right. Like, totally unapproachable, just mm-hmm. to show, like, it would burn us and destroy us. And yet, like you said, Jesus is the light of the world, and God made him approachable, mm-hmm. and we can look on him. Yeah. And I was thinking, too, about Elisha, when Elisha is with his servant and Um, there's been a report that has happened where the um, Syrians or the Arameans have heard all their plans are being spoiled. And and Mm -hmm. the king of um, Aramea or Syria says, which one of you is, you know, a traitor and telling Israel all our secrets? secrets." Mm -hmm. And one of them says, no, it's none of us. There's this prophet in Dothan. Mm -hmm. And he tells, even your conversation in your bedroom, the Lord tells him, and he warns Israel. Mm -hmm. So then the king says, okay, let's go get that Elisha guy. And so they all come, and the servant wakes up, and he sees that the whole city is surrounded by the forces of Aramea or Syria. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, you know, Elisha, Mm -hmm. this is really bad. And Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes so he can see. And when he looks, yeah. he sees that the chariots and horsemen, fiery chariots, are all around on the mountains. And that nothing happens without the Lord's okay. Mm-hmm. And so what you see is that his glory mm-hmm. covers the heavens. Mm-hmm. He's over all of this yeah. circumstance. Yeah. He's over all of it. And then I love the earth was full of his praise. And I was thinking about how all of nature... Um, is indicative of his genius, his creativity, his order, his yeah. reality. And yeah. One time I was taking a walk, and I just 
I don't know why I never noticed this before, but I was walking in a park and I realized that every tree branch is like this. Mm-hmm. And it says the trees of the field, you yeah, know, clap, clap their, their hands, hands to the yeah. Lord in Isaiah. And I was like, yeah. oh my goodness, they're all praising the Lord. Like mm-hmm. nature and sunflowers and uh, flowers, they grow towards the sun. Yeah. There's just something that in nature, it's just crying. And Paul tells us in Romans chapter eight that all of nature is groaning mm-hmm. for our redemption, for the redemption of yeah. the earth. So it can be free. So it can sing again. Mm-hmm. And so it can clap again and and take back the animation that it had pre yeah. um, pre fall. the curse pre right. the fall you know yeah and so not only that majesty but we see those phrases like he has power hidden so you've got yes. this amazing power I like the one the phrase where it says he stood mm-hmm. and it made me think of stand still and see the salvation of the yeah. Lord and you know in battle normally you don't stand still in <laughs> battle normally you're either progressing you're moving forward to win the battle or you're retreating <laughs> running right yes. but he is standing still and that's because he is the victor it's like the victory is already won and he's safe to stand it's because good, yeah. he's yeah his authority yeah he's like I'm good here. I mean, even in like, he measured the earth and like how uh, I was reading somewhere like measurements, like when you see in Revelation 11 and Ezekiel 40, when um, they're measuring the temple, it was an indication of authority and Mm. ownership and involvement. Mm. There's something to that whole thing. It could be shook. That was the other Yeah, but also it could be too measuring like this is meted out judgment. Mm -hmm. And God does everything according to this it's order, order. Yeah. It, it's mm-hmm. not haphazard or I'm just so angry I'm going to send judgment on you. It's yeah. orderly. Yeah. It's been measured. So it's, good. You know, it's right. Um, I also was thinking to uh, going back to his powers hidden again that there's this um, time when it talks in, in judges about how everything's going crazy and people are kind of doing their own thing and it said mm-hmm. and all the time the tabernacle was still in Shiloh. Like, Mm -hmm. God doesn't change his standard. And he, you know, still at Mount Sinai, the law still stood. It hadn't changed. Mm -hmm. God hadn't changed because they changed their standards. God's Mm -hmm. uh, standards didn't change. It was still the same. And there is powers hidden. Like, he is being merciful, but the law still has its consequences. Mm -hmm. It's it's still going to be um, shown well, for the sake of time, do you guys have any takeaways on this day? We move straight to that. Yeah, no, my last takeaway actually had to do with um, the whole thing about the everlasting mountains. I, I love the fact that it says these are, we look at mountains as everlasting. It's like, you know, the Himalayas aren't yeah. going anywhere. The Cascades aren't going anywhere. These mountain ranges, um, but they were scattered. And then by contrast, his ways are everlasting. You want real everlasting? My ways are everlasting. The mountains, they might look like they are, but they can easily be moved and scattered, you know, just even how faith can move the mountains or you just think of, yeah, just anything that looks insurmountable and permanent in the temporal on earth, here on earth, is movable by God. It can be scattered and moved away. And I just thought, wow, that's so cool. Like only really his ways are truly everlasting. It's like when the disciples said to the Lord, look at how big those stones were. And some of those stones were actually like 20 tons. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And he said, you see that? Every stone will be dismantled mm-hmm. in this whole temple. Mm-hmm. And he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words exactly. will never pass never. away. 
Yeah. I, I got his, uh, it, same thing, his ways are everlasting, but I put, his ways are the right ways. Mm-hmm. And God has a way of doing things. We sometimes, we think so objectively, mm-hmm. like I'm going to lie and steal and cheat, but I'll get God's will done. Or I, I knew this guy that's like, I'm going to go so deep into the world. I'm going to become this famous rock star, just singing all these songs. And then I'm going to, you know, give my life to Jesus. Yeah. And he never did. It, he was a strange friend of Brian's. Mm-hmm. But... Brian B.C., before Jesus, uh, before Christ. So, But his ways are the right ways. They last. His plans okay. are the ones that succeed mm-hmm. and are going somewhere. And he does not change his ways. Mm-hmm. And in Psalm 1830, it says, your ways are perfect. So, so. good. My takeaway for that day was um, I noticed he used the word Selah three times in this chapter, which Mm. is very unusual. The only other time we see it in scripture is in the book of Psalms. And so that's one more place where it points to it being a psalm or a song. But what that word is, is like stop. In Mm -hmm. music, it's the pause where you stop and really think about these. And the things like what you were talking about, about the majesty of God, the everlasting of God, all these things are what Habakkuk's bringing out. We need to stop and we need to consider who God is and really just hold and pause on those things and remember them. And for me, it really helps writing them down because I'm really forgetful. And so it's like, God shows me these things, but I need to write them down so I can go back and remember them. Mm -hmm. Also because it gets darker. And I love that he's dealing with the light Mm -hmm. because things are going to get really dark, but God is that radiant light. Yep. And the darker things go, the more we have to search out and and go to the light. And like you said, think about who God is. Mm -hmm. And again, we need faith. Mm -hmm. And how does faith come? Faith comes by meditating on who God is, you know? So good. Okay, let's move on to day three, verses eight through 13. I'll go ahead and read that. Oh Lord, you were displeased. Were you displeased with the rivers? Was your anger against the rivers? Was your wrath against the sea that you rode on your horses, your chariots of salvation? Your bow was made quite ready. Oaths were sworn over your arrows. You divided the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and trembled. The overflowing of the water passed by. The deep uttered its voice, and it lifted its hands on high. The sun and the moon stood still in their habitation. And the light of your arrows they went. At the shining of your glittering spear... You marched through the land in indignation. You trampled the nations in anger. You went forth for the salvation of your people, for salvation with your anointed. You struck the head of the house of the wicked by laying bare from the foundation to neck. Okay, so we called these hyperboles, or this would be like an exaggeration, right? And so what is this conveying? What are some of your thoughts that this is conveying? It's also very symbolic. Mm -hmm. And I forgot about the symbolism. Yes. Um, But the symbolism here, Mm -hmm. C is actually, he uses the name Yam, Mm -hmm. which is actually the Babylonian god of the sea. Mm -hmm. And he was a god of chaos. Mm -hmm. And he would just upset everything. And it's interesting because when you look at Revelation... Um, in the chaos of the sea, that's what the Antichrist arises Ooh. out of the sea. And so sea always in the Bible, the restless sea, it always has to deal with the chaotic 
uh, world mm -hmm. that we live in, the world where Satan has Which kind of the... don't some people say, like how it says there's going to be no sea in heaven, is it's the absence of chaos. In the new world to come. Yeah. New yep. heavens and new yep. earth. Yep. Exactly, because mm -hmm. it's like there's no more chaos. And interestingly, too, one of the other words, watery deep, it, there was a Babylonian yes. goddess that yes. was the goddess yes. of the deep. That's right. Interesting. That's right. So he's so speaking what, to that. what you see here really is God taking on the gods of this mm -hmm. world. And you see that our God is taking on, and again, going back to, sorry, 2 Kings chapter 19, mm -hmm. Assyria says, look, your God's nothing. You know, have any of the gods of any of the other nations been able to defeat us? Mm -hmm. And Hezekiah says, Lord, he's right, because they're wooden isles, but you're the God of gods. But now he's, God enters the picture and says, yeah. you know what, you insulted me. I'm God. It's so funny because we're yeah. always trying to defend God. God's like, will you stand back and just let me defend you? <laughs> yeah. I'm God. You're this big. Oh, I fill up the universe. Yeah. And God's taking on the gods of Babylon, mm -hmm. the gods of this world. So what you see is this cosmic battle. Mm -hmm. And all of these things from the river to the mountains, these are Babylonian gods that he's taking down. And if you remember in Exodus, you're like, how would I ever know these things, Cheryl? You get a Bible with a commentary. But um, one of the Bible. things mm -hmm. that happens, though, is in Egypt, when you're looking at the Exodus and you're looking at the pestilence um, and the plagues, they ha all correspond with an Egyptian mm -hmm. god. Right. That God was saying, this is nothing, this is nothing, yeah. this is nothing. So God is letting Israel go to Babylon, mm -hmm. but he's going to deal with each of the Babylonian gods and deities mm -hmm. that Israel is after, those aspirations, while they're in Babylon and take them each down. Mm -hmm. And there is, speaking of the Exodus, there's also an element of that, of recalling what God yep. has done here. Absolutely. Like it says, the sun and moon stood still, right. like in Joshua, you see that going on as well. He's like reminding them, not only is he taking on the gods, like mm -hmm. you guys were saying, but hey, remember how God has shown himself powerful and faithful in the past. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of layers here when you're dealing with symbolism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So let's move to your takeaway. What, what do oh, you yeah. guys, what's your takeaway <laughs> from like this time. passage? <laughs> I put there is a greater battle behind the battle. You Ooh, know, just like um, Ephesians chapter six tells us, you do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. You do not wrestle against flesh and mm -hmm. blood, but against powers and principalities. And that's why... Oh, we need the Holy Spirit groaning and interceding for us. Um, that's why we need to pray. That's why we need to seek. And here you see that all of a sudden he sees the battle behind the battle. Yeah. And how you do want to recount what God has done and how he's manifested his power. And to have a bigger vision of God, actually, that was uh, in uh, Wearsby, actually, he talked about that, how important it is in a way to have like Good, good theology, like in our, in our books, our sermons, our worship, that, that when we're just shallow, we, we miss really something that can give us strength. As, mm -hmm. And what can give, really give strength to our walk is understanding the greatness of God. And he talks about that. We need to return to worship that focuses on the glory of God and seeks to honor him alone, because that's something that will really establish you, not just mm -hmm. focusing on ourselves and, and problems, but looking to who he is. Mm -hmm. Like that, you know, and this is, I mean, this whole passage is, Here's who God is, you know, the brightness of his glory that, you know, goes beyond. I mean, the power he has over the gods other, mm -hmm. or any other force of nature, you know, all of that. We need so to good. see that. 
Yeah, that was my takeaway from the day too, was just that God is sovereign. He's sovereign over all creation. And it's his desire to save, not destroy, but he is gonna judge wickedness because he's a holy God. Yeah. And you know, he's all powerful. And just seeing this, that his majesty and power are on display mm. for the whole world to see. Yeah. And it, it, though, again, going back to the day before, in judgment, remember mercy. Yes. Mm-hmm. That God is not doing this to destroy them. They're mm-hmm. destroying themselves. Yeah. If they keep up with this, they'll be indigenous, androgynous. There will be no distinctions. They're, they're going to be salt without their flavor. They'll just be um, absorbed into all the peoples of the world. Mm-hmm. And in order to save this people mm-hmm. and their ancestry and their heritage, their identity, God is going to do this for salvation, mm-hmm. not for destruction. I can't remember if you said this, you know, when we were talking or out here, but just that whole thought that God cares about relationship with yeah. us and that yeah. his whole goal yeah. is for us to have relationship with him. And so he's working all these things out in their lives because he cares about that relationship. Mm-hmm. So good. Okay, let's move on to day four, verses 14 through 16. Cheryl, would you please read those? You pierced his head with his own spears. His warriors storm out to scatter us, gloating as if ready to secretly devour the weak. You tread the sea with your horses, stirring up the vast water. I heard, and I trembled within. My lips quivered at the sound. Rottenness entered my bones. I trembled where I stood. Now I must quietly wait for the day of distress to come against the people invading us. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so we're going to start with the enemy's activity and God's activity. I like the NLT says you, they came out like a whirlwind to scatter yeah. and destroy. Yeah, but God just, just basically turns their own weapons on them. Mm-hmm. Which like is, that. you see through the Bible over and over again that God uses evil against evil. Mm-hmm. So yep. he's going to deal with the evil in Israel mm-hmm. using the evil of Babylon. Mm-hmm. But then the evil of Babylon is going to be turned against them by the Medes and the Persians. Right. So God uses evil to deal with evil and while sparing the righteous. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't your battle. I'll yeah. use evil against evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just back away, O oh Christian, and pray. Don't try to fight evil. You know, Don't we need this today? Like, yes. Things are so bad and they seem impossible, but... God is at work. Yeah. You do yeah. see evil eating itself uh-huh. in culture, too. But, but, but again, we're to take <laughs> the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Yeah. They're spiritual for mm-hmm. the pulling down of strongholds. God goes after the heart. He says, pray. Mm-hmm. Um, Ronald Dunn in his book, Don't Just Stand There, Pray Something, one of my favorite books. He said, prayer is the, the um, missile of God that never misses its mark. That's so good. It's 100% accurate. And so God is calling us to pray. And again, um, going to Timothy uh, chapter 2, 1 Timothy chapter 2, Paul says, you know, I would that men would pray, pray for the leaders, pray for the king, and they would give up wrath, and they would give up doubting, and they would take their Holy hands. In other words, they they would sanctify their arms, that they would sanctify their hands, not to fight or march or kill, or but to praise and surrender to God. I just think one of the reasons we're not seeing victory is because we're not using 
holy spiritual weapons. Mm. We're using our mouth. We're using our fingers on Facebook. <laughs> you know, we're like, and what do we do? I mean, we turn our weapons on each other. You know, yeah. we've, got, we've got Christians killing Christians right now. We've got Christians canceling Christians right now. We've got slander in the church right now. And you know what? No. We, as the church and people of Jesus, need to use spiritual weapons. We need to pray. We need to rehearse who God is. We need to do um, spiritual things. It was so crazy. Brian was going through this little bout of depression in a way that he had never experienced before. And he goes to his phone. And I'm just going to say this man's name. It's Nazareth, who's that great Christian comic, sent Brian two paragraphs of encouragement. And when he was saying it was exactly the areas the enemy was hitting Brian in. And this guy, Nazareth, obeyed the prompting of the Lord and wrote Brian this note of encouragement. And it just like, Brian's like, listen to this. And I was like, are we listening to the prompts of the Holy Spirit and sending, get this, encouraging, scriptural, uplifting, messages to one another? Are we saying to one another, our God reigns? Mm -hmm. Or are we saying, JFK is secretly alive and he's with Trump? Are we going into the QAnon or whatever they are, the Q people, or are we the Jesus people? Who are we identifying Mm -hmm. with? And so then Brian turned around and he wrote, an encouraging note to somebody else. Could we start doing that? Yeah, it's like the pay it forward spiritually. (laughs) Yes, could we just start doing that and investing spiritually and sending spiritual notes to each other? Because you know what? I'll just tell you this real quick. Years ago, we were in England and Brian, we had just come over there and I'm just thinking, what am I doing here? And the devil's just like beating us up. Brian comes crawling, literally crawling in the room like this. And he's like, what are we doing in England? What made us think we could move here and be used of God? I mean, we just felt like we were being eaten alive. And I'm just like, if you don't know, Who's supposed to know? You brought me and my four kids, and you took us away from my father, who's crying in Costa Mesa. And you know, what have you done? I mean, it was bad. And all of a sudden, I had a vision. I'm a woman of visions. And in this vision, I saw the devil standing over Brian, clubbing him. And he had just handed me a club. And I was like, okay, let's do it together. And I was clubbing Brian. And I just stopped. I said, Brian, I just had a vision. And he's looking at me like, oh, I don't want to hear this. I said, no, no, the devil gave me a club. And I'm just helping him club you over the head. We're we're doing this together, the devil and I. And I'm so sorry. I don't want to do this. I mean, I just stopped Mm -hmm. and we started praying. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think there's too many Christians out there Mm -hmm. that are taking the clubs of the devil and they're clubbing one another. When God has given us these incredible messages, you, all of us are meant to be ambassadors of grace. We've got the good news. We need to say it to one another. We need to strengthen each other's Mm -hmm. arms. Years ago, Amen. Years ago, when I would read my Bible, the Lord, one scripture would stand out. You know how you have that one scripture above all scriptures stands out? It's like, whoa. I would write it down. 
And I would put it in my pocket and I would say, I should start this up again. I know, this is so good. Who do you want this for? And I didn't know who it was, if it was going to be the girl at the market. One time it was the guy at the paint store. I just felt Mm -hmm. giving it and Char's looking at me and he just like looks at the guy. He's like five and he goes, she has a husband. I'm like, Char, this is not flirtatious. You know, the guy's bald and I'm like, Char, this is not flirtatious just because he looks like my dad, you know. But I would feel... Mm-hmm. compelled and I would pray Lord and I would pray over the person that no, that scripture was for and then I would give it can we as the people of God start mm-hmm. doing spiritual things mm-hmm. can we do loving kind yeah. wonderful we can scriptural stick, work yeah we can stick like five dollar Starbucks gift cards in our wallet and hand them a gift card for a cup of coffee and give them a word of encouragement yeah there's so Pretty many good. things that we can do yeah okay so coming back to this I just want to touch on any takeaway on this like we see Habakkuk having a visceral reaction to the judgment that's coming such a good word like he is shaking mm-hmm. and I mean you think about it like I remember reading these fiction stories about like when the Assyrians were coming that was like biblical fiction and it was like a black cloud was coming their way like there is there's great fear because this is really a danger that's coming. And so there's reason for him to be weak and shaking and afraid. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, he's recognizing that it's okay that he has weakness and fear because God is God Almighty. Yeah, but it, it, doesn't mean, it doesn't mean he doesn't have any faith. You yeah, know, sometimes exactly. I feel like we think, oh, I have no faith because I'm upset or because I'm afraid. It's like, no, that's, you know, I want to go okay. back to this, though. There are too many people in the church who are ready for judgment. Like, Lord, judge them, Mm. you know, and rapture us, kill them. Mm. And I'm thinking, no, the church, we're supposed to say, come in, be saved from this evil world. Come be saved. The door should be open. We see that. And we should be. And what he says is he's thinking, my people are going to die. He's not excited about judgment. In fact, at one point, the Lord says to the people, if you knew what judgment looked like, you wouldn't be so fast Mm -hmm. to do it. If we knew how awful hell was, we wouldn't want anyone to go there. Mm -hmm. And I think that we need to see this is awful. We should never be excited about judgment. Amen. We should always be like, oh, I don't want this. Mm-hmm. I don't want well, this to happen. It reminds me, and I know you said this, but it reminds me of Jesus when he was in the garden praying yes. and asking the Lord if there's any other way that your will can be accomplished. I feel like Habakkuk's there. He's shaking like, Lord, if there's any other way that we can be drawn back into relationship with you without you judging your people, can you do it? Mm-hmm. But it's like this surrender to God's will, like thy will be done. Yeah, and, and- and- I'm sorry, but Luke, remember Jesus twice praying over Jerusalem and just mm-hmm. grieving over right. the judgment. Like, well, you rejected me and now mm-hmm. you're going to get yours. He's like, no, mm-hmm. no. And there's a scripture in um, Isaiah that tells his heart, like, Lord, I, I wasted my time. It was in vain mm-hmm. because the judgment still hit Jerusalem. He didn't want that. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Jazz. No, I just, I like just the, the translation for the rest in the day of trouble. Most of the translations say, I will wait quietly. And I just thought that was such a cool, that's at the end of the day. I mean, you see that throughout scripture, like Lamentations that's 3, so it said, it is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. You know, the like I think you said before, like mm-hmm. stand still and see the salvation of the okay. Lord. Be it's, still, sit still. It's the word nuach. Nuach. It's the Hebrew word. And it's the word that is used of the ark when it rested on Mount Sinai. Mm -hmm. 
it's also the word that's used, um, my presence will go with you and give you nuach mm-hmm. in um, Exodus 33, 14. Mm-hmm. So it's like stability. Mm-hmm. It's not just like that. It is that steadfastness mm-hmm. that, okay, it's over. Like, like the rock came yeah. and it was over. Mm-hmm. When Moses in God says, my presence is going to go with you. And I'll give you rest. Yeah. I'm going to take this stress. I'm going to take this anxiety off your shoulders. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go with well, you. Well, and in Psalm 23, that, that phrase is used too. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me rest. And mm-hmm. that kind of really leads into like the next day because mm-hmm. that's why Habakkuk is going to be able to rejoice and let mm-hmm. it go because he's now in that place of just like, my circumstances really are not the end all here. At the end all be all. And this is not all, it, you know, He's risen above. And when you get to see things from God's perspective, it's like, oh, I can kind of let go of the circumstances, let go of being so bound by what's going on around me. And yet he went to, because this is my takeaway, the the troops are on their way, kind of like Angie was saying, Babylon will be brutal and it will be violent. And Jerusalem's going to be destroyed. Everything that I, you know, like the worst case scenario is the real scenario. Yeah. But. God is still greater than all of this. Mm-hmm. So good. Even in the worst case scenario, have you ever had like everything that you didn't want to happen and it did, but even mm-hmm. in the worst case scenario, God is still God and he's gonna save. Mm-hmm. Do you mind reading the next yeah. passage? We'll move on to the fifth day, verses 17 and 18. Yes. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so we see all these things happening. There's no blooms or blossom on the trees. There's no fruit on the vines. The crops are failing. The flocks are disappearing yeah. and the pens are empty. Yeah, I saw that all means are cut off for yeah. future. No mm-hmm. way to supply for myself. You know, all the props mm-hmm. are away. Like, you True. know, all the, like, the last plan, like, uh, plan A, gone. Plan B, gone. Plan C, gone. Plan yeah. D, gone. Like, all of those things, all those plants and all those schemes, well, I can still have this. Well, at least I still have this nest egg and the mm-hmm. banks fail. It's kind of like the depression. But all yeah. of these things fail. Um, but God never fails. And, and I love this too, because Habakkuk isn't denying that these things are there. Mm-hmm. Faith doesn't mean you're like, okay, nothing really bad happened. It's all fine. That's, you know like what I mean? Like it's just, oh, everything's okay. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. It's like, no, these things are real. He's going in eyes wide open, but you know, so faith doesn't ignore the hard realities, but it trusts and worships in spite of those things. And mm-hmm. that's what what, so exactly what are some of the things this? that you put that can fail? I was interested because I went comical. On Question this one. two. Yeah. I actually didn't answer that one. I had too many other takeaways on other things. So you guys go ahead. <laughs> I put money, recipes. Recipes. Re- yes, okay. recipes. Have you True. ever had a fail? Uh-huh. I've had a fail on my cinnamon rolls. I've had a fail on lots of things. I pray like, that Hudson's cake does not fail tomorrow. Relationships, cars, mm-hmm. ovens, refrigerators. My last angel food cake was a fail. First time ever. Washers, dryers, That's all appliances. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Can you tell I had a fail this week? Health plans. Um, well, just think of the last year. We had How a fail in our refrigerator have, this yeah, week. Failed this yeah. How many year? things yeah, have failed this last plans. year? Yeah. Yes, plans. plans. We had yep. twice we planned for this Bible cruise. Uh huh. Twice it was shut down. Government. I just yeah. thought about all the things in my life personally right. 
that are subject to failure. Our students, our graduations failed last yes. year, our proms failed last year, yes. every sport failed last year. Yes. Like everything was canceled, mm. right? Yes. Everything failed. And then because of um, different regulations and things, you might have had like a nest egg you were saving or a certain mm. investment and then things change in the government and then all of a sudden, the things that have been so successful in the past are no longer a security. And health can fail. Health. We've My health can fail. Year. It was crazy. Like I spent 2020 with a more health crisis than I've ever had in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's like, I didn't know I was so vulnerable. Mm -hmm. You know, so. Toilet paper can fail. Oh boy. <laughs> paper towels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Costco can fail. Okay, and so then the next verse. I love these phrases. Yep. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. And these active choices. Jasmine, yeah. what are your thoughts? And no, and then and they're also, uh, they are, they're, they're his choice. And they're also really extreme. Like the word joy means like to spin around or dance or jump. Yeah. And it's like, why would anyone in their right mind do that in light of everything going on in the world? And so it just, you know, shows that in the Lord only is something like that possible. When you've been freed from your circumstances and when you've been freed from being in bondage to, you know, so consumed with what's going on yeah. and have your perspective on the Lord and the fact that he has an overarching plan here and all in place, that's how you're able to have that kind of joy. Like, I'm stoked because I know God it can work all these things for good. And that's part of knowing God, you know what I mean? Like you have to know him in order to trust him in that way, to know he's all wise, all loving, that his plans always work to, to an ultimate good. Mm -hmm. Then you can have that kind right. of joy. And like you said, it's not this positive confession, right. but it's honest, but also choosing faith over fear. And this whole book really is God pulling us to faith, faith over fear yeah. and worship over worry. Yeah. And yet is nevertheless... It, it, it's not, like you said, it's not saying... In spite of. It's in spite happening. of. Yeah. Um, these things are inevitable. Right. Yep. But I'm still going to find the placement of joy. And I thought of joy as the place. It's in the Lord. It, exactly. There's no other joy. Uh, David called um, God my exceeding joy. And so I just kind of went into this. The only place of constant joy... Uh, finding joy because the Lord is over all. He will provide, protect. He's independent of the things of the earth. Mm -hmm. um, and I was thinking about how when Israel didn't have bread in the wilderness, God gave them manna. Mm -hmm. When they didn't have water, he pulled it up from rocks. When um, the widow did, had only a tiny bit of oil and flour, mm -hmm. um, the Lord multiplied it. When the other widow had nothing but a little tiny bit of oil, God multiplied it and paid off all her debts. When they were in a deserted place with only five, fish, uh, five loaves of bread and two fish, God, the Lord multiplied it. And I thought about, he is good. And I said this, God's got a plan, he always has a plan. That's kind yeah. of like my motto in life is that God's got a plan. He always has a plan. Mm -hmm. And when everything else shuts down, I'm like, Lord, what's your plan? Because you mm -hmm. always have a plan. Yeah. And I just need to know the plan of the Lord. And then, again, that's a resolve. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find it in the Lord. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look for joy till I find it in the Lord. When I came back from England, I went into this depression. And I remember just everybody else was like, oh, we're so happy you're back. And I was like, I want joy, I want joy. And I remember John Henry got up and he started this scripture 
Your word was found by me, and it was the joy and rejoicing of my heart. And it wasn't part of the Bible reading that day. He just Mm. always would put in a John Henry word. And it was the scripture I needed. Mm. That find the Lord, find your joy in the Lord. And that's where it will be found, and eat it. Eat it. So, so good. Um, and that's where joy is in the God of my salvation. It's a placement. It's a stance. It's in the God who saves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. have any thoughts and takeaways? I was just I was just thinking how I've experienced this. I don't know. Maybe you guys have too. Where you're you're literally a mess one minute, like just to- totally can't see God, and you're just so upset. But the minute you get your eyes there, like Habakkuk did, it's like all of a sudden there's like a calm, like, mm-hmm. wow, like, okay, wait, I'm seeing this from your perspective now. now. See, and I've I was had, like, man, I can relate I've had to that this. in an instant, and then I've had it have to be a it daily could be process. Over time. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Where every day I have to, like, I'm going to turn my eyes onto yeah. the Lord. Yeah. I'm going to f- refuse to read that letter a second or a third time. Right. And I'm going to turn my eyes right. to the Lord. That's and for me, sometimes it's a too. process. Yeah, and for me, it's choosing to take every thought captive it to is. the obedience of Christ. Like you were saying, that spiritual battle, we're not in a fleshly battle. This is a spiritual battle. And it's a testimony. It's a testimony to the watching world. You know, to see if Habakkuk was really, you know what I mean? Like dancing around in joy, knowing all this. It's like, wow, what in the world could make somebody respond this way? Mm -hmm. I just, I put a lot of scriptures in here because I was thinking about 1 Thessalonians Mm 5.16 where, you know, we are told to rejoice in the Lord. And just thinking in Philippians Mm 4.4 where it says rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. And Paul said that in prison. And then I was thinking about the word Asher um, that's translated in Psalm 1 and in the Psalms, blessed. Mm -hmm. Um, But it actually means, oh, how happy. Exactly. And I was thinking, oh, how happy are the people whose God is the Lord, no matter what the circumstances. And then like Jasmine was saying, joy should be, um, it's an attribute. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Love Joy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it comes right after in Galatians 5.22. Right after love comes joy. Yeah. And that the people of God are to be joyful. We're yeah. to show that joy of the Lord. Right. And um, I was thinking of 2 Corinthians 1.10 is resolved because it says, Paul said that they had the sentence of death in themselves, that they should not trust in themselves, but in God who... Um, raises the dead, Mm -hmm. and he says, and we have this confidence Mm -hmm. that God has delivered us, um, that God is delivering us, and God will deliver us. Mm -hmm. And that's our confidence, and that's why we can have joy in the Lord and what he does. And then Philippians 4, 6, finally, you know, um, take all your anxieties to the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, all your anxieties to the Lord and receive in that stead that peace of God that passes understanding. Mm -hmm. So good. And let it okay. rule. Can we move on to the yep. next day? Okay, so our last day, day six, verse 19. I'll go ahead and read that. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and he will make me walk on my high hills. Mm-hmm. Love it. 
For the choir director on stringed instruments. Yes, (laughs) so this is one more, the choir director. That's one more place where it makes us think that possibly he was a priest with musical gifts that was used in that way as he's writing a hymn. But here's a song that he's giving to the righteous to sing. Yeah. While all this tragedy is going on, Mm -hmm. he writes a song. And Mm -hmm. songs stay with you. Whenever Mm -hmm. you have to memorize something, one of the best ways is to put in a song. We're doing that in Sunday school. We've got like songs that go with the lessons Mm -hmm. because it helps the children to remember the lessons. Mm -hmm. So he's going to put it into a song for the righteous, for the just Mm -hmm. who will live by faith. He's he's giving them a song to sing. Um, And I was thinking about um, Psalm talks about the songs. David talks about the Lord giving him a song in the night. Uh Mm -hmm. Um, Job talks about the Lord giving him a song in the night. And so there are those songs that God will give us for the night seasons. Mm -hmm. And um, my dad was going through a terrible um, time. Just everything looked like it was collapsing and he couldn't sleep. And that was just totally uncharacteristic for my dad. And the Lord gave him a song. Mm -hmm. And he said it was the most beautiful song. And he continued to sing it all through the night. Till he finally fell asleep about five o'clock in the morning. And he was like, but I'm not going to forget that song. And when he woke up, he had the joy of the song, but he couldn't remember the song. Mm -hmm. And he said, I think it was a song that will return to me once I get to heaven. Mm -hmm. But he said it was one of the best songs. And he was even thinking, oh, everyone at Calvary is going to be so impressed when they hear me sing this song and that I wrote the song. And then he said, it was just the song in the night. Mm -hmm. But it sustained him and it helped him. And I I was just thinking about the importance of a song. Mm -hmm. And his song is, at the end of the day, the Lord is my strength. Mm -hmm. Here's how his song ends. God's going to get me through. He's my strength. And we see how weak he was, but yet he's finding strength in the Lord. And so it's okay to be weak. Mm -hmm. And like that phrase in Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Like he's the one who gives us the strength. That's interesting. Just last week that you said that about being weak, that was something I was looking up, be still and know that I am God, that verse. And I was looking up the word still. And one of the translations of that is weak. Like Mm -hmm. be weak and know that I am God. Like don't act like you've got this. Like Like, second Corinthians. Admit, I don't have it. (laughs) I mean, second Corinthians chapter 12. Yeah. You know, when I am weak, Mm -hmm. he is strong. His strength is perfected in my weakness. Yeah. That was my big takeaway for this day of just Paul. He asked the Lord three times to remove that thorn from him, but God didn't. He wanted him to be just serving him in that weakness. And how many times does he want us to come empty and just come with what we have and let his strength be made perfect in weakness? And and he will make me walk on my high hill. I like that, my high hills. Like we all have those high hills in our lives, those individual places that are like obstacles or challenges, whether it's, you know, finances, illness, relationship, whatever it is. Um, we have those, but he's going to help us to walk in those places. Mm-hmm. I like I that. that. He didn't take it away. Mm-hmm. You still have to walk through, but he's there with you to This mirrors Psalm 18 so much because mm-hmm. Psalm 18 talks about the way of the Lord. It has the metaphors of God coming, yeah. you know, with the chariots of heaven, the same kind of um, uh, poetic language mm-hmm. and symbolism, mm-hmm. but it also has about the deer yeah. and about the sure-footedness. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm not going to slip. I'm going to, even though these are going to be hard places and, yeah. you know, the deers, you know, sometimes they're on this like little, yes. like, little I things. I remember being at the zoo or the wild animal park and watching them go up these hills and literally like all there is is enough rock sticking out for one foot and they're completely sure footed and they can just go all just the way up. up. Yeah. I yes. had a film 
of when we were in Jordan and we were at Petra. Mm-hmm. And there's all these wild uh, goats, and they're all moving on, or sheep, I don't know. And this one is going, ew, goats, and this one's going, bah, bah, and it's on this little ledge, and we're not seeing how it's going to catch up with the yeah. rest of them. And he was so loud, it was echoing through the canyon. So I started filming him. And the next thing I know, he jumps, 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 and goes running so cool. off with his friends. I've got it all on camera if I can only find it again. But it was like so amazing. And mm-hmm. Brian, my honey, quoted this scripture right then about mm-hmm. he makes my feet yeah. like deer's feet on high places. So Just so sure-footed. That, mm-hmm. that lamb did not fall. Right. You know, he made it, and it looked precarious. And he, even he, you could tell, he didn't know how he was going to do this. He's like, <laughs> and all the rest were like, we can't help you. We're going. And he's just stuck there. And then he just, mm-hmm. this is why I teach Sunday school, because I can do a really good goat <laughs> imitation. Yeah. So I thought the same thing. Like, he enables us to climb yes. higher. He enables us to go above our circumstances. And it's supernatural. It's not our natural ability. It's exactly. beyond our natural ability. But going back to Psalm 18, it says, I told you, it says, his way is perfect. Mm-hmm. Then later, as he talks about his sure-footedness, it says, he makes my way perfect. Mm-hmm. And so he gives us, he trains us and. I think you love Heinz Feet on High Places. I, I was going to mention it. <laughs> that book. And that's what we see. She, she yeah. starts out on the trail and she's crippled. Right. And she can't walk. Yeah. But as she keeps walking with her Savior in obedience, mm-hmm. her feet become beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so it's a training process. God yep. is training us as we come to that high tower. We come aside. We spend time in prayer. We turn our worries and our wrestling over these hard things into worship. And we choose to pray and we choose to seek him. Then he trains us and turns us into these ones that have strength that we normally wouldn't have. Mm, yeah. yeah. So Heinz Feet on High Places, if you haven't read it yet, it's an Probably allegory. After I know, right? It would be so good. book club book. It, it's such a good book. Yeah, it would they be have such it in the a Chapel book store. club book. So good. But one of my favorites. But the thing that I love most is God doesn't allow her in that story, doesn't allow her to go up to the mountains. You think like this whole thing of we just want to go up to the mountains because we want to be above it all Mountain and we want to spices. stay up on the mountain yes. heights. But yes. as soon as she gets to the mountain heights, he brings her straight back to the valley so that she can minister in the valley. And her God her wants to do the same thing. Fear. Yeah. He wants to equip us. He wants to strengthen us and he wants to change our feet to strength, but then it's so that we can be used by him. Mm-hmm. Okay, we are just about out of time. So if um, there's any last thoughts, let's wrap it up. <laughs> okay, I put the Lord doesn't simply strengthen us or give us strength. He himself is our strength. Mm-hmm. Um, there used to be this song we used to sing, I want more of Jesus, more and more and more. I want more of Jesus, um, so I'll give him more of me. And that's really it. The more we give ourselves mm-hmm. to the Lord, so the more he's able to become our strength. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. do you have a takeaway? Oh, that's, yeah, no, just that, again, uh, just the way his perspective has changed. He started out saying, how long, O Lord? And now he ends with, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. And that shift is I have just one so more important. Word. Okay. I, I put the harder the situation, the greater the pressure, the more we need to press into the Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To, to allow whatever the pressure is, whatever that circumstance is that's so trying, to instead of pressing into the world's mold uh-huh. or doing it there, let it press us into the Lord. That's 
good. Like he who falls on the rock will be broken, but he on who the rock falls will be crushed. My last takeaway is just that this whole book is that God wants to teach us the just shall live by faith. That's right. And so where do we want to learn our lessons about faith? And we see like we just finished studying Jonah. Jonah learned his lessons about faith in a fish. I don't want to learn my lessons in a fish. I want to learn them in the high tower. And you know, if you think of Babylon as a great fish, that's where Judah is going to come back and return to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have the books of Ezra and Nehemiah because a revival did start Mm -hmm. among the people of Judah and they turned back to their God Mm -hmm. because they did get glutted. And you know, Mm -hmm. that's the book of Esther and these other fantabulous stories mm-hmm. come out of tragedy, you know? Mm-hmm. Jasmine, would you close this in prayer today? Sure, mm-hmm. yes. So, Lord, we just thank you so much uh, for this just wonderful study, God. Just, uh, gosh, just the, the honesty of Habakkuk and just his transparency and walking through these things with you and wrestling through them and coming out to a place of worship and victory, Lord, in the midst of his circumstances. God, and I pray that we would all, Lord, come to that place in whatever we are walking through or working through right now, Lord Jesus, that you would bring us to that place of of seeing a bigger vision of you. That's the whole point here, Lord. The whole goal is that we would actually draw closer to you, have more of your heart and mind, and be changed more into your image, Lord, because this world isn't our home. It's such a cliche, but it's true, Lord. The things that are temporal here and earthly are just shadows. The real substance is eternal, Lord. The eternal things that you're working out, those are the things that really matter. So would you lift our eyes to the heavenlies, Lord, to see things from your perspective, God, so that we could rejoice supernaturally, regardless, Lord, that we would be freed from being bound to our circumstances, bound to worrying about what's going on in the world or in our lives, that we would be freed to see things from the eternal perspective, God. Would you just do that for us, Lord Jesus? Because we can't do that in and of ourselves. We are weak and incapable, but you, Lord, are able to empower us to walk on our high hills and to be overcomers. God, and to see things the way you do, Lord. And so we ask that you would do this, Lord. It's not by might or by power, but by your spirit. Would you give us eyes to see, Lord, and uh, victory and joy, Lord, that the watching world would be amazed, that we would be just great witnesses, Lord, uh, to your power and to your ability, to your joy in our lives, God. So do that work, we pray, and we thank you so much, God, even in faith in advance for what you are going to do. Uh, in and through us as you have worked these things into our lives through this study. In Jesus' name, amen.